This episode of The Curly Critics is brought to you by our Patreon. You can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash curlycriticspod. We have tiers from $3 up to $15, where you can talk to us on Discord, join our pen pal postcard group, or get our weekly bonus episode, Very Curly Talking. From WBNE. Hi, I'm Carrie. And I'm Jay. And we're the Curly Critics. And today we're talking about New Girl, season six and seven. Nice. You always pause there. Because I just nat- What am I supposed to say? Pause. Just keep talking. <laughs> so we're wrapping up New Girl. It's over. Yep, sad day. Oh well, good riddance. So, season 6 has 22 episodes, and mm-hmm. season 7 is 8. So, we need to talk about the ending. And by the ending, I mean, would the show been have been okay if it ended at season 6? I mean, yeah, but honestly, I wanted that closure. Like, I wanted to see them get engaged, get married, move out. I think that was the biggest form of closure to me, was that they moved out. I agree. I wrote that down at the end of season seven, that, like, it was like a prank or whatever. But I think that moving out of the loft (laughs) was the best way to wrap up the season. Since it all started, because it started with Jess moving in, and then, like, they've all, like, grown up and gotten married, and so now they're all moving out. And Mm -hmm. I really like the um, true American scene, where it, like, transitions to their families in the future. It's so sweet. Like, if I could just have that scene, that's it. That's all I wanted. Like, that was so amazing. Really? You think that for someone who hates epilogues? Listen, for an epilogue, this one was, it had enough closure for me to like it, if that makes sense. Like, did I like the whole three years later thing? Not really. But I got to see how they kind of grew up a little bit, how certain things happened, Got to see little Ruth, which is hilarious to me. Ruth Bader Preachmit. Uh, <laughs> poor thing. I love her. I would her, die for her. Her parents hate her. <laughs> How do you even spell all that? That's horrible. Ruth Bader, like Ruth Bader Gainsburg, and then Parikh is Cece's last name, and Schmidt is Schmidt's last name. For okay, but like for a kindergartner, spell out your name. Just Ruth. Listen, you don't just do one name. You have to do the whole thing. I'm pretty sure I was only writing out Carrie when I was in kindergarten. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> you have to learn your whole name at some point. I think it was like and first I grade. I know that that's difficult. That is not a fun time. <laughs> Did you have a hard time? Have you seen my last name? It's not that bad. It's not that bad, honestly, but, like... It's only, like, this many letters. Seriously. (laughs) No one can see that. (laughs) I think that 
the ending of season six was not good enough to be like, oh, we wrapped the series. But I Absolutely think not. that season seven was too much. I think some episodes of season six could have been cut out for sure. Yeah, I think like eight episodes in season seven is too many. Like, I didn't really need to see all of those. I really... Yeah, I did like them though. Yeah, I mean, I really, if they had made it a movie or like an hour long, or like an hour, two hour long Mm. special instead of eight episodes, I think I would have enjoyed that more. But that wasn't the vibe, you know? Like, this was pretty much two hours, but they just did it in the 20-minute format. Right, so then an hour-long special. I don't want two hours then. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I didn't really need to see the episode where Ferguson died. Yeah. I didn't really need to see the episode where... The preschool. Yeah, where they tried to get into preschool. I didn't really need to see... The one where Cece for like forgets to pick up Ruth from school and like that one. I mean, it has the a white man, no, which is my <laughs> most quoted new girl line. But like, is it really? That's yeah, so funny. That one just runs in my head twenty four seven. Oh my gosh! So really, I just needed to see like where they like the jump, like where they all were, and they can just get engaged. And that's about it. Like, I didn't even really need to yeah. see their wedding. I mean, but it was cute, though. It was cute, but, like, there was enough closure in them getting engaged. Yeah. You're right. So, really, like, three episodes. That's what I wanted. Yeah. And then them moving out. I didn't. I didn't mind, like... The content or the jokes, though, like, I really did appreciate some of those little moments. It was kind of a lot, though. I didn't like it as much the first time around, I don't think, just because I really don't like epilogues. (laughs) I didn't think I was so passionate about this stance, but uh, here we are. (laughs) But they did the same thing with Parks and Rec, and it did not go as well. It did not flow this well. I liked this one better because it had more closure. Ferguson died. Jess killed him. (laughs) Etc. Yeah, I like feel like they did a good job with it. Especially since they took like two years off. If I remember correctly, between the end of season six and the end, the beginning of season seven really i didn't know that that sucks let me look did people just want closure so the last episode of season six came april 4th 2017 and okay it was only a year still i mean season seven came out i feel like i remember at the time people waiting a really long time yeah. Maybe it's because normally the season would end in the spring and the new season would start in the fall, but because it was only a half season, it started in the spring. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah, because I like... Plus, you wanted to do more ads and stuff. Yeah, because I started watching New Girl for, like, the first time 
right about the time that season six ended. Mm. Because, like, I watched it the first time just for the Nick and Jess scenes, and I remember, like, going all the way to, like, the end of season six and then being like, oh, that's it? There's nothing more? Because there was nothing more at the time? That's horrible. Well, there's more now. That'd be like watching the first season of Sherlock and then waiting two years. Sorry. Not or the, me. No. Was it the second season where he jumps off the building? Yeah. Oof. But the first season was also like, oh, no. Right. But that second season, that's what really made Sherlock fans. <laughs> <laughs> It would be like Yikes. watching that was a scary time Infinity in War and then having to wait a whole year. <laughs> oh, God. Can't imagine doing That's that. Awful. That was the worst year of my life. I literally saw Endgame opening night because I couldn't wait any longer. <laughs> I, I think I saw it that week for sure. Like we went at like 8 p.m. opening night. We would have gone earlier, but people had labs. Mm-hmm. So that was an adventure. Opening nights of big box off movies are always so oh so exciting. I've never been to one. I need to go. Next time there's like a big box office movie, we're going. Because we saw Force Awakens at like midnight. My god. That was like yeah. probably the coolest experience of my life. I saw that one in IMAX, though, and that was dope, dude. That's cool. My family hated it, but it was really cool. My dad was like, it doesn't matter if the movie was good, because that was awesome. You're getting to see all, like, the lightsaber fights and all that stuff in IMAX. Good yeah. night, When dude. we saw the force awakens people like clapped when the crawl started and i was like yeah. i'm gonna start crying because it's yeah. just like all these people that are like i watched i was in the theaters in 1977 or whenever the first one came oh, out Oh yeah and then like their kids that like were with them I, I wonder if that was what it was like to see the phantom menace probably not <laughs> i don't know because it's like the same effect. We need to ask someone older than us. Because obviously, we ain't gonna know. Yeah, if anybody listening saw Phantom Menace in 1999, opening weekend, let us know what the vibes were. Can't relate. Yeah, seeing all the space scenes in IMAX really just... They need to be playing Star Wars and IMAX 24-7 cuz they would get so much money doing that. It's so incredible. Jade, you weren't even alive when Phantom Menace came out. <laughs> I wasn't. It, when did it come out? May 19th, 1999. Oh my gosh, I wasn't alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> rip. That's awkward. Yeah, and then when we saw like Endgame, people like Gosh. cheered when cap caught the cam the hammer oh my gosh or when they came back through the port oh like that whole like that fight scene is god that was the best experience watching that fight scene that i've ever had in my life i have chills oh yeah people were cheering in my theater and it was like 
maybe the week after, but you knew those people hadn't seen it before. And like everyone was silent during all the right parts and they were cheering at all the other parts. I was like, oh my gosh, this is the best thing in the whole world. <laughs> yeah, wow. I miss movie theaters. Oh gosh. I just like I have love movie theaters. To pick the right movie to be my going back to the movie theater movie. In the Heights. <laughs> Which comes out first, Black Widow or In the Heights? In the Heights. In the Heights. We can see that when we get back, because Black Widow comes out in July. When does In the Heights come out? Friday? Uh, I think so. I just keep Googling things this episode. Yeah, Thursday. I know what we're doing for your birthday, Jade. We... <sighs> Yay! It's also cheap on Tuesdays. I'm... I'm or at least going it used to, to be. cry. <laughs> We're all gonna cry. Uh. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our episode of New Girls, season <laughs> six and seven. I was about to bring it back. Never. This? JOK. FDR. Nice. You're getting better. Okay. <laughs> this season has the Brooklyn Nine-Nine cameo. Yes! Seeing Jake Peralta on the screen for a total of like 10 minutes made me want to rewatch the whole Brooklyn Nine-Nine show, so. I still need to see it the first time. Jade, you need to do that right now. <laughs> I don't have time for that! I'll finish the rest of this episode by myself. Go watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> All of it, just on speed five thousand. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about uh, Nick and Reagan and Nick and Jess. <laughs> because I like mentioned in the past couple episodes that it doesn't make sense to me why it took so long for Nick and Jess to get back together. Yeah. And after watching the season, I feel like the tension between Nick and Jess was just not there. Really? I thought it was. So, like, the first time they dated, it was, like, they dated somebody, and then they broke up, and then, like, we, the audience, would realize that they broke up with that person because they really wanted to be with Nick or wanted to be with Jess. But, like, it took Mm -hmm. them a lot longer to figure that out. And so there was a lot of, like, very obvious back and forth. Yeah. Well, in this case, Nick was just happy with Reagan for the entire season. While Jess was, like, with Robbie and then wasn't with Robbie and then was like, oh, no, I'm still in love with Nick. And so it was just a lot of, it felt like a lot of one-sided from Jess and not a lot from Nick. Yeah, I mean, Nick was just doing a lot of discovery. He just, like was a mess all season he was a good mess not like chaotic mess like season one nick because good lord he had everything (laughs) in a box but like this season nick was like oh i'm the boss of a bar like i successfully wrote a book my relationship's going well what do i do with all this success 
So I think he didn't have much time for Jess, but except when he needed her the most. (laughs) Right. Like I felt like there were a lot of times when I was watching and I was like, oh, Nick, this season was all about Nick getting ready to be with Jess. Like he has Mm -hmm. to make all of these individual strides for him in order for him to be a good enough husband for Jess, even though they don't get married for three more years. But like that kind of thing like the reason they broke up is because he wasn't ready for the future and so this is like all of him like preparing to be the person that Jess needs him to be Mm Hmm. and I mean he and Reagan were set up to fail from the start like from the very beginning he's like I'll never get the girl and he's right like she's so different and even when her character kind of changed Because her character did change when she came back. It was like, oh, she's more into hanging out with the family now. All the shenanigans. OMG, Jess, can you help me fix my life? Like, all the stuff that wasn't really her thing before. It just never clicked. I think Reagan, for the most part, was a female version of Nick. In a way, yeah. Especially towards the end when, like, they have a huge lack of communication and don't talk to each other, which was hilarious because they actually brought up the communication (laughs) plotline, which is fine. Like, if they talk about it and bring up the elephant in the room, at least they know what they're doing. Right. Communication (laughs) is an important part to a relationship, so, like... I it makes sense. Just hate miscommunication plot lines because they never talk about the fact that they're not communicating. Yes, and I and then they're like yeah. and then they end up together in the end and I'm like you guys are going to break up in a year because you don't know how to talk to each other. Yeah. But that's not the point. <laughs> but like R- Reagan I mean, we don't see a lot of her, honestly. But yeah, I just still don't like her. She's like lazy like Nick is. She's, like, lacks skills. She's more charismatic than Nick is. I'm just thinking about yeah. how she, like, falls asleep every time she reads the Pepperwood Chronicles. Yeah. And it's, like, that's such a Nick thing to do, even though it's Nick's book. Like, if someone else had done that, Nick would have fallen asleep while reading it. It just seemed out of character for her. If anything, that character, I feel like she would have just not read it. Either lied and said she had read it or just been like, no, I don't want to read it. I don't read fiction. Yeah, but that would have been a major red flag in the relationship that I don't think the writers were ready for. Yeah, so they just kind of changed her characterization, which is fine, I guess. She just didn't seem like the stereotypical Reagan that they showed up with. Yeah, I think... Also, Winston calling her Raisin, really funny. Oh, yeah. I think I would have liked the Jess and Nick getting back together thing if it was more of a... Nick was in a relationship, and then Jess spent that whole time waiting for him, and then Raiden, she's like, he's never gonna do it. 
she like gets into a relationship right as Nick breaks up with his relationship and so they both do an equal amount of time of waiting for each other interesting yeah like if Nick and Reagan had been dating for the first half of the season and then Jess was like okay and then Jess like went on random dates but like couldn't do it because she was still in love with Nick and then right at the end we'll say what is that like episode 11 She's like, fine, I'm just gonna do it, I'm gonna commit, and she's seeing Robbie. I just feel like they've been kind of doing that the whole show. Just this back and forth. Do they like me? Do they not like me? Like, the whole mug episode was a whole thing where they kind of just missed each other. Yeah. I feel like they've just been doing that the whole show, so why do that for the last season and make it a whole thing? Because I feel like we needed something to pay off. Something needed to pay off. I feel yeah. like nothing paid off. Really. They should not have gotten together in season two. Don't say that to me. No, they should have waited like one or two more seasons. So the buildup was even stronger. Mm. And then the payoff would have been bigger and then it would have been, like, a thing, like, maybe we broke up for, like, a few episodes or a season or, like, half a season, but we got right back together. And so there was less time for them to be apart because there was a full four seasons where I they really weren't dating. I really don't think they wanted to pull a Ross and Rachel, though. That's the thing. That's exactly what that sounds like. Except Ross and Rachel dated and then broke up and then they were apart for together and then they had a kid together and then they... Like, they're, I think right now it's set up more like Ross and Rachel. I don't know. I just think that there was a long time between their season three breakup and their last 30 seconds of season six get back together where they weren't anything. Yeah. I mean, they were, like, really good friendos. Right. I Maybe we needed something like a one-night stand or, like, the mug. Yeah, but, like, the mug with a payoff. <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah, like, yeah. they actually did it instead of just talked about doing it. Yeah. And then be like, oh, yeah, we shouldn't have done that. Let me just leave. And, like, they but never talked about it. there were several him. times where they talked about, like, their past and, oh, do you ever think about me this way or do you ever think about this or whatever. So they talked about that stuff. And, like, being exes, but not doing anything. Yeah. I just feel like as the show went on, it lost sight of Jess as the main well, character. yeah, she left for however long. Right, but even with that... And then it just ruined the dynamic. Like, the show is called New Girl. It's about the new girl, who's no longer the new girl. And so, you mm -hmm. set it up in this way so that Jess is the main character... And so Jess's relationship with Nick should be the main relationship of the show. Yeah. Instead of Cece and Schmidt, which it turned out to be. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I was just unsatisfied with... And I remember the first time I watched it being unsatisfied with the Jess and Nick stuff. Because they were so good together. And then it, like, 
like all relationships it gets boring so you have to do something mm-hmm. but like what would you have done I don't know I always think about one of my favorite TV relationships is Monica and Chandler yeah because I think that was done really well and like it was done really well because the writers like didn't plan on them getting together yeah. But, like, they had multiple phases to the relationship, so it didn't get boring. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, we're dating in secret. Now everybody knows. So now we're dating in public, and now we're engaged, and now we're getting married. Now we're, like, trying to have kids together. Yeah, Jess and Nick kind of did all that in a season. Like, right. they ran away to Mexico. They, whatever. Which is, like, more <laughs> their style. But Jess and Nick are such a fiery, chaotic couple that there should have been more chaos and fire in the span of the show. Yeah. Maybe the plot line should have switched and the crazy, like, relationship that shouldn't have happened should have been Jess and Nick and the relationship that is, like off and on whatever should have been cc and schmidt yeah i think i would i mean cc and schmidt's engagement scene was really cute but can you imagine it's jess and nick oh my gosh i liked what they did though with dirty dancing yeah yeah that was definitely like it was cute the way that they did it but i just like i'm imagining jess and nick like being like running away from each other, Jess being mad at Nick because he won't man up and, like, go for the future, and then Nick being like, I've had this ring since the first day I met her. But I've just been too scared to do something about it. I don't know. Let's write a show. (laughs) Okay. One day I'm going to write a book. Nah, let's just write a show. Sometimes I write fiction and I'm like, I feel like I could have done this, I would be able to do this better if I was writing a script. Yeah. I'm telling you, just write a show. I don't know if I want to deal with Hollywood. (laughs) You're right. Writing a book, I can do that wherever I want. I just send it to a publisher. They don't even have to live near me. Writing a show, I have to like, be there yeah i I don't know how i feel about it but i mean writers aren't like super involved no but they're involved enough that they live in la (laughs) yeah you don't want to eat kale 24 7 no (laughs) me does not understand stereotypes. <laughs> this season had the 2016 election, which is which is so hilarious. funny. To me. It was so good. It was so well done too, because really they were just fighting for democracy, and that was hilarious. Like, you knew all those girls were not going to vote for Hillary. (laughs) Like, I know that Trump was our president for four years, but seeing them talk about Trump in a TV show 
and being like telling Schmidt, like, I know you're going to vote for Trump. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, this is like real life. <laughs> that was like topical. <laughs> like, that actually happened. That wasn't just a dream. <laughs> yeah. It definitely does kind of feel like it was a nightmare, huh? <laughs> Not even that. The 2016 election. It's just, just. If somebody had told me, or like, if somebody. If, like, we went back to time, back in time to, like, 1999 and was like, hey, Donald Trump's going to be your president, nobody would believe us. <laughs> and Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be governor. What you going to do about it? <laughs> Matthew McConaughey is running for governor of Texas. Oh, God. I can't. <laughs> We do not need a UT fan as governor of Texas. Yeah, we don't stand UT. Sorry, Lindsay. <laughs> we don't stand most Texas schools. I just realized that. No, it's oh. true. A&M's a cult and I don't like UT, so what's left? There's some I don't even want to name, because I just... They're just bad. <laughs> Baylor. Not wrong. <laughs> Stan Laterno University. <laughs> Go Yellow Jackets. <laughs> Go TCC. <laughs> Community College. <laughs> Well, how did you feel about Jess and Robbie? I hated every minute of it. Every minute of it was just horribly awkward and terrible. And she started to like him for such a shallow reason. Like, all he did was compliment her. And she fell in love with him. Well... And I'm like, that's It took her gross. like a full five episodes before she was actually like, let's date. Yeah, and before she just felt like the Florence Nightingale effect, but wasn't actually in love with him, just felt obligated to take care of him for obvious reasons. It just... Every minute of it was terrible, and then they did the whole cousin thing, and I was like, oh, God. Yeah, the cousin thing was weird. I wish they had broken it up was more naturally. Awful. I wish they had broken up because Jess was like, I can't date you anymore. I'm still in love with Nick. Yeah. They did the same thing on Community where these two characters fell in love and got married, and they invited their great-great-grandma... But it oh, was the yeah. same lady. And I was like, so this is your second to last episode, huh? Oh, really? yeah. forgot about that. A tragedy. Don't write that stuff in shows. We don't want to see it. Yeah. It was funny. They did it. Uh, in a funny way on Friends when Chandler was freaking out and he's like, they walk in and they're like, what are you doing, Chandler? And he's like, I'm trying to figure out any possible way that me and Monica are related. 
That was good. So what we're that learning was... is that if friends has done it, don't do it. Yeah, because you won't do it as well. Right. Like, Friends was on for 10 seasons, so they did everything. And then now everybody's just trying to copy the same things that Friends did, but all we can do is compare them back to Friends. Yeah. Friends ruined sitcoms forever. <laughs> or at least sitcoms about Friends. Yeah. Because it's like... I mean, this one, obviously, you have to compare to Friends because it's the same. Right. Like, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is about police officers. So even mm-hmm. if they did some of the same tropes, it would be through the lens of police officers. And so you're like, oh, that's fine. Or, like, Superstore is about people who work in a superstore. So you have that lens. New Girl is about a bunch of people who live in the same loft doing Friends things. The only difference is they go out more. <laughs> yeah. And they're all actually roommates. Yeah, that's it. This season saw Winston and Allie getting engaged. Mm-hmm. Which I love them. So much. I thought Allie was super annoying in season seven. With the whole, like, don't treat me differently just because I'm pregnant thing. It makes sense, though. Her being a police officer, being super independent, her standoffish attitude at the beginning with Winston. Like, it tracks. It's annoying, but it tracks. Yeah, I just think it's annoying, and I didn't like watching it. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like we know people that would be like that, though. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, don't treat me any different. Like, shut up. <laughs> Stop. Sit down. I'm gonna punch you in the face. <laughs> that's that's it. It's fine. My one of my favorite things is the way Nick and Winston keep secrets from Schmidt. <laughs> that episode. It's- was so good fantastic yes they're like secrets exchanged and it's so good right because i forget as the show goes on that like winston and nick have been friends forever yeah and like nick and schmidt have been friends like forever at this point but not as long as winston and nick have been friends which is so weird what if nick was the main character of the show new boy like a hypothetical because like nick is the glue that keeps everyone together i mean it would be a completely different show but like i would be interested in that would you though because it would it would be more in the lens of a dude who just doesn't care except nick does care that's why everybody's in love with him is because he's the manly, comical, conspiracy theorist white guy without all of the toxicity. Yeah. I was thinking about that. He said a quote where he was like, where Reagan's like, you told me you don't believe in watches or clocks. And Nick goes, no, I believe in watches. I just don't trust who sets them. And I was like, oh my god. Like the Nicks of the world live, exist. 
like the people that would say those things exist, but they also drive trucks and say yeehaw <laughs> and live in East Texas. And we don't want that. So that's what makes Nick so unique is that yeah, he's not toxic. <laughs> yeah. One of my other favorite things is that Nick's bar office looks exactly like the Cheers bar office. So either all bar offices look the same or they did that on purpose. This is not the first time that you've mentioned a Cheers reference. Were because they-, they talk about Cheers. They brought up Sam in in the thing, in the show. They put... When they were doing the model episode, like the very first one, Nick was like, this is a handsome man and holds up the picture of Sam from Cheers. Oh. I was like, were some of the writers the same or something? But they're not. No, it just... There are a lot of similarities because he's a bartender and he makes a lot of Cheers references all the time. And... He and he and Jess have a very Sam and Diane argument in the bar office when they're doing the whole Secret Santa thing and they're going back and forth. It's a very Sam and Diane tension cutting the room thing. So, um, yeah. Makes sense. I've just seen enough of that show because it's so impossibly long. <laughs> It has 275 episodes. Oh my gosh. I just looked it up. And I didn't up. even get halfway through. That's so many. And it's old. Yeah. It's good. It just, it gets to be overwhelming. <laughs> You're like, I thought I was kind of halfway through this. Oh, no. Whoa. Okay. Sam is that one guy from uh, The Good Place. Yes. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> yeah, he just looks so different in the 70s. It was the 80s. Oh, it was the 80s. I always mess that up. <laughs> Dang it. 1982 to 1993. Yeah. Thanks, Google. I, I feel like this season six, season seven was like its own thing, and we already talked about it a little. But I feel like season six had a lack of season-wide tension. Okay. Which I'm like, I don't know if any of the other seasons had it, but I think coming off of season five, where the whole season was like leading you to the wedding, it was weird to like go back to this one where like every episode stood alone. Yeah, I thought last season was annoying, so I like this one better. Yikes. I did, because it was all about the wedding, and all about Reagan, and not about Jess, and I'm just not here for that. Yeah, you really can't get over the fact that Jess wasn't in those seven episodes. I really can't. It's called New Girl for a reason. How else were they going to write her pregnancy in? I don't know. 
ton of people pregnant on Grey's Anatomy and I had no idea. And they just stayed in the show. And then they they did a bunch of interviews and stuff and I was like, hold up. That ain't right. Oh. And it was. She was gone because she was on maternity leave. Not because she was pregnant. I kind of had that vibe. I was like, what if she didn't leave for that? I feel like taking a break would have been better than doing those episodes without her. Yeah, but you're on, like, it was, like, bad timing. Because, like, you're on a schedule. You have to report to the network. And you have this time slot. And, like, I feel like if you had been like, oh, we're not going to do it this season. Like, NBC, was it NBC? Wouldn't have put them on a, like, good spot next time. And so it would have... I thought it was Fox. It was probably Fox. But they, like, wouldn't have put them on a good spot... And it would have hurt the show in the long run. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's Fox. One of my favorite Jess quotes is... She and Cece are talking about something. I can't remember. And she goes, is pool a drug thing? I don't swim, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. This is a good time. I love Winston and Cece's relation, Like, their friendship... It's so random, but it's great. It's so chaotic, but it works. (laughs) Yeah. And I love that for them. Yeah. This- My- The only thing that makes Robbie worth it in this season is when they say he wrote fan fiction for the Pepperwood Chronicles. That is the only- thing that makes me like him everything else is terrible i don't like the way that they treated robbie because he's such an interesting character like they kind of just treated him poorly and like threw him away but like he would just like say all these things like oh i know so and so and like this thing and you're like wait what and so i think he would have been an interesting character to keep around i just thought it was so funny that they treated him that way And, like, he would say all this interesting stuff, and they'd be like, you're so annoying, Robbie. Like, why are you like this? And that's so funny to me, because in most shows, it'd be like, oh my gosh, what? That's so crazy. Let's explore that more. No. Yeah. It was just them waving it off. Like, no. Don't be cool in our little weird world. Like, that's not what we do here. Like, I have my six friends, and you're not one of them, so stop. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's, like, trying to be interesting, and they're like, shut up, Robbie. You are a supporting cast member. (laughs) Just like everyone named Robbie. Rip, Robbie, and Victorious. Robbie and Victorious. They kind of look the same, too. Seeing the other day that it might be time for a Victorious rewatch. That's what I'm thinking. But I'm watching Big... I watched it. Oh, I'm watching yeah. Big Time Rush I watched, right now. I watched it all when it came out on Netflix. Like, I watched it all in maybe a week. Probably less. I think that was my, like, third quarantine show. Oh, yeah. That might have been my first, it honestly. It was Gilmore Girls and then Star Wars Rebels. And then I think it was Victorious. Well, I didn't do Gilmore Girls. Or Rebels. So mine was probably Victorious. Have you seen Rebels? 
Uh, <sighs> first, watch The Mandalorian. Then it'll pique your interest enough that you'll be like, what's that? And I'll be like, see, if you watch The Rebels, this will make sense. But you have to get the interest. I've seen, like, two episodes of Rebels. Isn't that enough? Have you even tried to watch The Mandalorian or you just haven't gotten to it yet? No, I just haven't gotten to it, Okay, Because I was like, if it's a thing (laughs) where you're like, I can't get into it. I have a solution for that. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, no. I just haven't... I've been doing other stuff. <laughs> I would say do it right now, but we're about to leave for a week, so... Rip. Um, Olivia Rodrigo is in this season. Oh, yeah. That's a thing. The queen of TikTok. Gosh. I hear the sour audio everywhere. I don't. I'm still convinced I haven't heard driver's license all the way through. Bruh. (laughs) Listen, my personality is not cool. I literally look like I jumped out of the 50s currently at this moment. Okay, but you like need to listen to these songs at least once. Do I though? They're good. I haven't heard, like, any of Taylor Swift's new stuff. Oh, my. Like, I just, it would be very upsetting to you how much I haven't heard of anything. I mean, it's upsetting to you how little movies I've seen, so I guess we balance each other out. That's true, but I'm fixing that problem very quickly. Why would you do this? (laughs) Stop. No, <laughs> she just texted me sour. <laughs> Stop. Stop bullying me. I'm not bullying you. I'm trying to expand your horizon. Stop. I refuse. Um, One of my other favorite quotes, I don't want to die with my cousin lover in a cave. That one's pretty good. My favorite thing. Oh, my gosh. So, Jess and Robbie are talking about how how similar they are, and, like, at one point even Jess, or Robbie's like, hey, Jess, did you pack a flashlight? And Jess goes, Robbie, did you pack a flashlight? He goes, no. Well, that's your answer. We're so similar. We packed the exact same thing, etc. And so... She says she's hungry at one point, and he goes, oh, okay, well, I have some trail mix, and it's just raisins. And she goes, well, I have that, because I don't like the raisins either. Same. Why are they even in there? It's ridiculous. And then at the very end of the episode, Nick eats the raisins, and that is just, like, I can't. (laughs) It's like the, and how I met your mother... There's the olive theory, which is that you're meant to be with someone who likes olives or doesn't like olives, depending. So if, like, you like olives, you're destined to be with somebody who doesn't like olives. I'm convinced it's that way for pickles, though. And then if you're, if you don't like olives, you're destined to be with someone who does like olives, so there's always somebody to eat your olives. Like, 
People always take the pickles off of Chick-fil-A sandwiches. And, like, whoever eats those, that's who you're meant to be with. You know what I mean? Like, that's the vibe. But the raisins. Yeah. So, Jess and Nick have a raisin theory going on. Gosh. And I don't like raisins, so... I was playing Jackbox with my friends once, and it was, like, one of those words, ones where you had to guess the word, and, Mm -hmm. like, my word was raisin, and so I, like, was trying to get them to guess it, and I said, like, gross, or something like that, and then at the end, everybody was like, we couldn't figure it out, because I like raisins, and I was like, who actually likes raisins? Crazy people, man. I like craisins, because they actually taste like something. Raisins taste like dirt. Wrinkled dirt. Ugh. 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 Gross. My favorite quote from season six and seven is in season seven, when Nick goes, you see a red book, you buy a red book. And Schmidt goes, well, what do you do with blue books? You don't buy. What about yellow books? You wait on it. And then Winston just goes, that's accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um... My favorite from season seven is, of course I was little. Don't you know anything? Nick talking to Ruth, which is hilarious. She's like, were you little ones? And he's like, of course I was little. Don't you know anything? He's just so angry all the time. He just bullies her and it's so funny because she loves him. Their relationship is genuinely the best. And then Cece and Schmidt are like, Ruth doesn't like you. (laughs) But my favorite from season six, and I I want someone to say this to me one day. Winston is talking to um, Allie, and he goes, I've lied to every girl I ever said I love you to. And then they make it funny where he's like, yeah, so I, I told all my exes. I called all of them and told them that. <laughs> Winston is amazing. He does no wrong. But, like, that is the sweetest line. He's like, I didn't think I was lying to them at the time. And then I met you and realized I had never been in love before. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Anyways. Do you have any final thoughts about New Girl as a whole? Or about these seasons? Um... Let's see. I really like that them moving out of the apartment was a prank. And, like, such an elaborate one. And he's like, was that, was that too much? Was that too little? I really, I really don't know. I've been told I don't do enough. And they're like, too much, Winston. And Jess goes, I think it was just right. (coughs) And everyone goes, no. (laughs) Shut up! Yeah, that was definitely a little, like, this is a nice new girl end to it all. Yeah, like, they couldn't just leave and it be all sweet and frenzy. Like, no. It had to be something stupid, like, Engram Praterski. My greatest prank. Yes. I can't believe she figured that out so quick, because, like, no. All those letters? Absolutely not. No, Winston showed her. Winston was like, she... No. She said it. 
after he held up a sign, he said, if you rearrange those, and on a paper it said, my greatest prank, and she was, like, reading it. Oh, I definitely, like, looked down for that exact moment. Yeah, she didn't figure it out. (laughs) I was like, gosh, dang, man. (laughs) I know she's smart, but dang. I feel like New Girl is a good show with good characters. And it goes through its ups and downs. And it loses a little bit of its appeal if you try and watch it too fast. Dude, take it from us. Do not watch a season a week. It will ruin your life. It's like good and like all sitcoms, it has good episodes and bad episodes. And so I think if I were to rewatch it, I would just watch the ones that I like. Like I do with The Office. The worst season is season five. It's the one with the least, with the most amount of episodes that I like the least. Yeah. That was a really hard sentence to figure out. (laughs) Do you want to rank season six and season seven separately or together? I have them split up as it is, but I'm flexible either way. I mean, we can split it up. Okay. Um, so for six, probably a six and a half. What did I give five? A five. Okay, that tracks. And then seven... I'll give it a seven because I, I'm a sucker for a good ending. A movie can be terrible, but if it has a really good ending, it's suddenly one of the best movies I've ever seen. I'm going to give season six a 7.5 and season seven a seven. That works. So that gives season six and seven both a seven. So we could have just done them together. And that brings our new girl total (laughs) to a 6.8. Yeah, I wish it were higher, but there's so many episodes that aren't that good. And because we watched it so fast, a lot of these episodes could be watched in the background. I wouldn't suggest watching season two in the background, just because that's a lot of the Nick and Jess stuff. Um... Those you can watch and, like, really be into. The rest, you really don't. You can just have them in the background. It's just a good show to watch with your friends and, like, pick your favorite few episodes and watch those and laugh at them and whatever. Yeah, we gave season four the best score. Interesting. So... The Curly Critics. What was in season four again? That was the one where Schmidt and Cece got engaged at the end. This was the one that starts with them going to a wedding. They all try to hook up. The landline episode. Mm. The Thanksgiving. Ryan and Jess. Because there was still a lot of... Yes. It was probably Ryan that really did it, honestly. The, like, swoot... (laughs) Ryan really saved season four, honestly. And all the coach moved out. 
friendly Nick and Jess scenes. Those are really cute. Yeah, we meet Allie for the first time. That was a good season. Yeah. I stand by like that. Two, two, three, and four are pretty good. Yeah, I can He's agree to that. Right? Yeah. One is just a different kind of Jess. She's more weird and less quirky. If that makes sense. Like, yeah. She's just super awkward in season one and hasn't really found her vibe yet. Then season two, it's like, oh, this is awesome. Yeah. So that's New Girl. We did it. Aw, happy ending. Cute. Next week, it begins. So exciting. The thing we've been prepping for since July of last year. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to hear our baby podcast voices. We're the same age, but like, technically no. No. We won't be, but... I'm older. (laughs) I've had a birthday since then. But like... Yeah, but we had no idea what we were doing at the time, so very yeah. stoked about that. I have not listened <laughs> to that audio since we recorded it. No, I listened to it. I listened to it like once to make sure that it sounded okay. Like Yikes. a month or two ago. But well, that's fine. I haven't edited it yet. We were still recording in the same room at the time. Yeah, cuz I hadn't left for college yet. Yep, and we didn't figure out that recording separately was actually better. Yep. At least I think it is. We'll find out after I edit this episode. Boy, howdy. (laughs) It's definitely better logistically. Yeah, and if I sit too far away from the microphone, Carrie yells at me, so... That happened one time. That I know of. We'll find out. (laughs) In case anyone's wondering, we're starting our Harry Potter series next week. Yep, we'll take me, Harry Potter virgin, who never has seen any of the movies or read any of the books, and Carrie, the master, who read all of the books in a week, the very first time she read them, watched all the movies, and became kind of a super fan who loves the Marauders and is a psycho. Yeah, that's... The Curly Critics Review Harry Potter, starting June 14th. We're going to go through all of the books and all of the movies. So book, movie, book, movie, all the way through. It's taken us a really long time to get through them. (laughs) Which is 100% my fault. Which we've mentioned it a few times in other episodes. We're like, and this thing in Harry Potter, because we're reading them at the same time. (laughs) It's like we're like record an episode for the week and like if we have extra time i guess we can record this harry potter episode too <laughs> yeah and that's like several months apart so i really need to get my crap together yeah we're gonna have to step up our game because we're running out of time for pre-recording episodes <laughs> yeah i think it'll be fine i can finish book four at some point right i've been trying to read that book for like Four months, maybe. Maybe more. Yeah, you've had it for a really long time. Also, it's intimidating. It's huge! 
huge. It's a thick boy. <sighs> and it doesn't have Oliver Wood in it. He's in it. Yeah, I don't even remember, honestly. He's, like, mentioned right at the beginning. Great. Anyways. Anyway. <laughs> Jay, do we have social media? No! We have media! No, I don't know. We have... <laughs> we have a Facebook page, Curly Critics Podcast. Um, we have a Twitter, at Curly Critics Pod. Also an Instagram by the same name. Um, and WBNE.org. Very fun. Spotify, Apple, any other podcast thing you can possibly think of because there's a lot more websites than just those, which don't understand that, but all right. <laughs> the Curly Critics are a proud member of the WBNE network, which has other amazing shows to listen to, such as Sincerely Us. The podcast for the casual music theater fan. Musical theater fan. I do that every time I say that. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> I guess it's their show, so they would have to get it under control. <laughs> Where Beck and Eni talk about musical theater. And do other cool things. I just love musical theater, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Here's a promo. Dear listener, today's going to be a good day, and here's why. Because today, we have found your new favorite podcast. Do you like all things musical theater? Or do you just like Hamilton? Then Sincerely Us is perfect for you. We take deep dives into modern musicals and teach you all that you need to know. From props and sets. To playwrights and composers. We will get you caught up on all things Broadway. We are Becca and Eenie, two best friends. Here to teach you all about the shows that we love. Sincerely Us, a podcast for the casual musical theater fan. Join us every Wednesday wherever you get your podcasts. Podcasts and on WBNE.org. And if you haven't listened to it yet, check out Carrie's episode where she's in Sincerely Us. Twice. I don't remember when either of those were, but. Yeah, I was on there with Becca and Eenie to do Bandstand, and then I was on there just with Becca to kind of talk about Sound of Music. <laughs> we only kind of talked about Bandstand, too. It deserved better. We talk, also talked about bandstands. If you're new. It deserved better. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <sighs> yep. JFK. FDR. Nice. Have a magical week. Monday, Saturday, Tuesday afternoon. I don't know when you're listening to this. 3 a.m. on a Wednesday. Have a happy 3 a.m. on a Wednesday. Okay, bye!